and I'm back. Oh man, shout out to y'all though. Shout out to those who are gonna hit the playback. This is Benjamin Rewind, presented to you by Readality Radio. I'm your host, E Reed, and uh, yeah, we do this every Tuesday. Um, we had to push the show back a little bit today, 30 minutes, because I had to catch up on uh, 90 Day Fiance, <laughs> the second part of the tell all. Um, and it actually ended just before the show started, so definitely we had to push it back. So apologies for the lateness. However, we still do this every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 12 Central, and 1 p.m. over there on the East Coast, right here on the Stereo Application. If you want to participate in real time in the conversation, then make sure you download the Stereo app on Android or iPhone and uh, leave a voice clip. You know, follow me, E. Reed, a.k.a. Melanin Seduction. I'm the one with the purple hair, all right? And, yeah, if y'all don't know about Binge and Rewind, what we do here every single week is we discuss the movies and TV shows that I am currently watching or have watched. And there are definitely spoilers. So, if you are not a spoiler person, I understand. However, I don't give spoilers all the time. It just depends on what I'm talking about, whether it be a movie or a TV show. But I definitely give you a list of um, some pretty good stuff to watch, if I do say so myself. And it is definitely all over the place because you never know what I'm going to bring up. So with that being said, we're going to just jump right on into it. Okay. Um, oh, and for those who. Um, follow me and listen to me on the other platforms thank you so much i definitely appreciate y'all and your continued support and rocking with me and doing binge rewind all of these years and uh yeah shout out to y'all though um hold on let me pull this up on my screen so we okay so uh last week i do have to apologize because last week I definitely gave a long list. We had an extra um, uh, special episode last week. There was an extra 30 minutes in it because, you know, usually we only here for a good 90 minutes, but we was here for two hours last week. So let me say this. I definitely did not do the update on White Lotus. So that's my bad. Okay. It was not on my list because I usually just go off my list versus my memory. All right. So we are definitely going to catch up on the two weeks of White Lotus that is on HBO Max or HBO, whichever one that you are using. Um, and the season finale is next week. All right. Uh, but it didn't got like crazy crazy my theory that i had was completely wrong <laughs> it was completely wrong that's i just did not see that coming but um i really thought it was gonna be more episodes but they have jam-packed so much information in these last couple episodes that it's like it's just a lot so let me go ahead and um do what i do and change this up and uh get down to it uh, man, I'm trying to tell y'all, like, whew, if y'all ain't watching White Lotus, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, so, yeah, okay, so this is what has happened within the last two weeks. So the theory that I had about, um, oh, my God, what is his name? Uh, Giancarlo or something. Anyway, the OG dude that stepped up to uh, 
to to Tanya, played by Jennifer Coolidge, aka Stifler's mom. Okay, the one who has been that pleasant distraction for her and all of her turmoil with her husband, who obviously is cheating on her and has disappeared and left her in Italy and. Which is crazy because we ain't seen him yet. Like, he ain't came back. He ain't made no phone call. He just up and left. So, this has been the longest three days, okay, that he said he was going to leave and come back that has ever happened. Because he ain't came back yet, all right? So, we just going to kick it off with Tanya. And, um, you know, he has been more of a pleasant distraction. He took her to the opera because he said that she, he reminded her of just a beautiful tragedy and everything that she's gone through. And even though my theory was wrong and my theory was this, I thought that it was going to be something tied in with the husband. Like maybe the husband was doing something underhanded with the government or something like that. And oh boy, you know, the pleasant distraction was in there to like get close to her to then get to the husband. That's the way I thought it was going to play out, given the fact that White Lotus is definitely like one of those um, all over the place shows. However, uh, that's not what happened. So now my theory is this. He is trying to get to her money. That is my theory. And that's based on his quote unquote nephew who ain't really his nephew. Okay. Even though that's the way he was, the, the young man was presented to us. That is not the nephew. Why is he not the nephew? Because in last week's episode, okay, when they were all at the villa, Tanya's walking around the house because it's, you know, it's a new space and she can't sleep. And she's hearing some strange noises. It's dark in the house. She's walking around. Now the young man and Portia just came back from a night out on the town or whatever the case is. And he tells Portia, go in the room and I'll be back. So Portia goes in the room. He said he got to go do something for his uncle. He didn't have to go do something for his uncle. He was doing his uncle. Huh. Melanie Seduction. I did not know you was on, girl. You know I be about the show. So we talk about White Lotus, John Carlo gone. Child, what's going on? What's going on? Man, what's up <laughs> to everybody in the building? What's up, Queen Donatella? What's up, Melanie Seduction, girl? Now you what's know I'm up, here for the show. I got my pen and my paper. What's up, Donna? What's up, Sid? Yeah, okay. So, hold on. Let me play this one, too. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? Shout out to everybody and the listeners. Shout out to my girl, Eerie. Hey, Eerie. Hey, Big Sid. Love you, Eerie. It's your boy, Big Sid. Love you, Big Sid. (laughs) Good to see you. So, yes, so, um, uh, so the the quote unquote nephew was doing his uncle instead of having to do something for his uncle. Well, I guess he kind of did something for his uncle too, huh? I guess so. Uh, whatever. But <laughs> that's what ended up happening with that. Okay. So that was a big shocker in the way they closed out the the episode last Sunday. Now this Sunday we see a different side where. Um, John Carlo, I, I just gonna call him John Carlo because I can't remember his exact name right now. It's slipping my mind. But uh he says that Tanya needs to get herself together because she is the you know the guest of honor at their you know at the party that's gonna be happening on later that night. And because Tanya walked in on John Carlo and the nephew, the you know, the fake nephew, um 
she is telling Portia at breakfast that morning. She's saying, like, listen, I don't want you to end up like me. And when you are so empty inside, you just gravitate towards anything. And you may have life experiences, but, the, you know, there's really no meaning to them, you know. And she's telling her to get her shit together. That's really what the line is. She's saying, you know, get your shit together. And Portia has no idea where Tanya is coming from because Tanya is not coming flat out and saying that the the man, the guy you've been hanging out with since we've been over here um, is gay. Or maybe he not gay because we learn while um, the fake nephew is sloppy drunk, okay, from hanging out with Portia again. Um, he ends up getting a car. He's got it, you know, his fake uncle's credit card. And he tells Portia, like, we finna go hang out and go kick it. Portia's like, I need to make sure that I'm back in time for the party. And he's like, okay, okay, we'll come back. Okay, but the further they out uh, kicking it, the more drunk he get. So now that he done got so drunk, he don't want to drive back to the villa. Okay, the party is popping. It's cocaine everywhere. Giancarlo done got a gigolo to get all romantic and and kissy facey with uh Tanya, and Tanya done got high as hell. So Tanya's sitting up there, and she's like, "You're so gorgeous to the gigolo. You so gorgeous, like you know, basically like why would you want to be with me?" And he's like being all seductive with her or whatever the case is. So they do what they do. All right, but going back to the fake nephew and Portia, they having this, you know what they say, when people get drunk and get mad, they speak the truth, okay? So the fake nephew, he's super drunk, he is, he is speaking his truth, but somewhat, he's speaking a vague drunk truth, because he's not going into very much detail, but if you, you can kind of like get in between the lines based on, you know, us as the audience watching it, okay, even though Portia is still completely in the dark, but she sent, her spidey senses is tingling that something is off, okay, especially when, um, the, the fake nephew says that the villa is the, is, um, John Carlos family villa, and then she's like, but isn't that your family too, and he don't say nothing, so then he says that, Giancarlo, like, got him out of a deep hole. And she's asking him, well, what was the hole? <laughs> Which I thought was a great pun intended. I ain't gonna hold you. Like, <laughs> I thought that was hella funny. I, I was laughing. I chuckled a little bit. But, um, and she's asking him, like, so what is the hole? And he's just saying, like, you keep you complain about your life and you really don't have nothing to complain about if you ain't ever, you know, been through basically saying, you know, I'm paraphrasing, been through whatever I've been through. And she's trying to get this out of him. But it just is when we about to get to the meat and potatoes instead of the appetizer of what he's saying, this fool pass out drunk. So it's like, uh, okay, so now we got to wait till next week on the season finale to figure out what, maybe what kind of hole he was in, uh, how did Giancarlo, like, bail him out or whatever the case is, and maybe whatever it was, the payment is to be Giancarlo's boy toy, because as we also learned last week, Giancarlo don't believe in love, but he does believe in companionship. So, maybe the price of getting a fake nephew out of this whatever hole it was 
is to be the boy toy for him. So, hmm, I don't know. But we will find out next week. Um, now, moving on to Harper. Oh, my God. Ah, the foursome couple, okay? Um, they are tiresome. I ain't gonna hold you. And I think it's really Harper. Harper just, I don't know. It's something about her character to where it's like pulling teeth. And I don't know if they wrote her character like that on purpose, but she is like a drag. It's like, golly. Anyway, uh... But with Harper, okay, she uh, she ends up, you know, being confronted by her husband about, um, you know, Ethan, about what happened um, when he found the condom wrapper. Because that was the last time I talked to you about White Lotus. She put the condom wrapper from when there was that, when they had the, the two couples had did a boys' night and a girls' night or whatnot. And the boys had a little bit of fun with the hotel with, you know, the prostitutes, Lucia and Mia, okay? And Ethan didn't do anything, but of course Cameron did. And so Cameron accidentally left the condom wrapper inside couch and Harper found it. And then she put it on the bathroom counter. And then of course Ethan found it and then he confronted her about it. And he didn't want to, you know, hurt her by telling her exactly what happened. But he ends up telling her, of course, and he says, I didn't do anything. He did admit to the one, you know, to Mia um, pressing up on him. Um, wanting to kiss him or whatever, and then he, you know, backed away, and at first, she just could not let it go, it was just playing in her mind that, you know, there had to be something that went on, there's no way that he didn't do anything, and she had a funky-ass attitude the whole day, they was all together, she got stupid sloppy drunk, um, from wine tasting all day, and started just asking some random uh, like, um, very intrusive questions about the boys' time together when they were in college, okay, and, uh, it's, it definitely makes the whole situation super awkward, and then there comes this, op this moment where the two girls, the two wives, Cameron and, um, I mean, not Cameron, Harper and, Oh, God, I can't even remember the other girl's name. Um, but the other wife, okay? <laughs> the other wife. And she they're having this conversation on the couch, and Harper is sharing with her that I think something happened that night when we were over there in Noto. And the other wife is like, well, you know what? Basically repeating what she told her the last time, that uh, whatever Cameron does, I do what I need to do to make me happy. And then she just starts telling her this story, like, you know what? I have this great personal trainer and I actually spend more time with him than I do Cameron. And then she's like, just get you a personal trainer. I was like, dang, like really that's what we doing right now? Like that's, that's, that's okay. But I mean, can we really be too like, surprised at that because they have this um interesting dynamic Cameron and uh his wife okay oh Daphne that's her name Cameron and Daphne they have this interesting dynamic and it and it's I think they I agree with what they said at the end of the show when it came to you know the behind the scenes and the um this time it's with the actors. It's not with the writers or the producers. So I do believe in what the actor said that Cameron 
and Daphne, they do love each other. They just have this somewhat dysfunctional kind of love for one another. You know what I mean? Like, they're willing to stay for the sake of marriage, but they're not going to deny their individual pleasures that are not being met by the other spouse. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's what's going on. Now, when it comes to Harper and um, and Ethan, like, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, it kind of seems like Ethan is all in. Harper is just kind of floating. That's what it seems like to me, the way they have written those two. But it is interesting when they have this conversation where Harper is like, basically maybe, you know, there's something that died in our, our marriage or whatever the case is. And then there's this mo after that conversation and they're all hanging out down. Um, I think it was by the, yeah, it was, they were all hanging out down by the beach and, uh, Cameron, you know, says, you know, makes, says, you know, invites them to go do something. And Harper is the one that jumps up to say, yeah, okay, I'll go with you right now. Harper and eat I mean Harper and Cameron have this conversation where Cameron confesses everything to Harper. So Harper believes what her husband Ethan has told her that he didn't do anything. It was all Cameron's doing. He was the bad boy, not Ethan. Now that has um allevi alleviated, you know, her in thinking these bad thoughts about her husband cheating on her. All right. However, now the tables have turned. All right, because Ethan knows how Cameron is. And there is a moment when the four of them are having dinner together where Ethan says to Cameron that you may have you what you would always do in college is that if you knew that I was interested in a girl a week, um, like within a week, you would go to the girl and you would sleep with her. So anything that I wanted, you would go after it and take it based on, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, insecurity or your status, okay? And, of course, uh, Cameron is basically like, what are you talking about? Da-da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? And Ethan is like, well, I was smarter than you in college. So there's that, you know. Cameron may have had the money, but Ethan had the smarts, which is how he was able to get to the financial status he is at now, which is basically matching what Cameron and Daphne have, and if not more, because quite honestly, I think Cameron is broke, because he still ain't paid the prostitutes, okay, and the prostitutes is like, where are my 1,300 euros, okay, and he keeps saying, like, I'm gonna pay you, I'm gonna pay you, I just need to go to the bank, but he ain't paid nothing yet, okay, to the point where the prostitutes then approached Ethan, all right, and he's like, I didn't know y'all wasn't, I didn't know y'all didn't get paid, you know, Everything will be taken care of, blah, 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 okay? But I don't think, I think Cameron is broke and not saying nothing to Daphne or something like that. Or he is definitely in, like, high debt, okay, and isn't saying anything to Daphne. Um, but saying all that to say, uh, there was also a moment where uh, Cameron and Harper, I guess, had disappeared for a little while. And that caused uh, Ethan to, when I say the tables have turned, now Ethan feels like 
Harper and Cameron has done something. So now he is fantasizing these thoughts that, you know, they did it in their room because there is, you know how when you get hotel rooms, they have that connecting door. Well, in the connecting door, it's never been open since they've been in the, you know, at the hotel, at the resort. And all of a sudden the door is open. So now Ethan feel like Cameron came through that door and did his wife, you know, while uh, Daphne and him was down there at the beach. All right. So he feeling some kind of way. Now, this is a this is a testament to when they say you got to watch out for people who are quiet people and who are not loud and who are who can seem meek and mild because when the other side comes out that's a whole different beast and when they showed the previews for next week we gonna get to see the whole other beast side of ethan and i ain't gonna hold you i'm looking forward to that and i don't know maybe ethan kills cameron and if ethan is the one that kills cameron that's one theory I was right about because I did say that I think Cameron the one who's going to die. Except I thought it was going to be Daphne to kill him, but it might be Ethan. So beautiful to me. Can't you see? Everything I hope for is everything I've always dreamed. What up, short stroke? Shout out to you, though. Be careful on them highways and byways. And thank you for your services, because I left the shop. I'm just saying. Amazon came yesterday. Uh, but shout out to you, though. Thank you for pulling up on me. Hey, Bunny J. Um, okay, so uh, that is the conclusion of the White Lotus uh, spoiler and breakdown. Um, that is on HBO. It comes on Sundays. Uh, this is the season two of White Lotus. So if you want to catch up on season one, season one does, um, season two is not a continuance of season one. Um, the only common denominator between the two is Tanya, AKA Jennifer Coolidge, AKA Stifler's mom. All right. So, um, that is the only continuation. Oh, wait, it's not the conclusion. I got to tell y'all about Rachel, the hotel manager. All right. So Rachel uh, finally has her, uh, first lesbian experience with Mia, the prostitute who wants to just sing. Okay. So, uh, earlier in the season, Rachel didn't want to have nothing to do with the prostitutes. She didn't, you know, but of course, um, they were, they ended up gaining access to the whole, you know, to the resort by way of, uh, you know, the, the other family. And the father uh, giving them access or whatnot and allowing them to charge stuff on his room and da-da-da-da-da. So Mia convinces Rachel to let her sing in um, 
in the lounge because if you remember when i talked to y'all last time about white lotus mia um ended up with the piano player and the piano player was promising her that she was going he was gonna uh put her in front of some music people because all she wants to do is sing that's all she wants to do and she does have a beautiful voice and i'm like she does like even though they're you know they're in italy like she's singing um in English, and it is just absolutely beautiful. I ain't gonna, like, it is pretty. And so she convinces Rachel to let her go ahead and sing, and um, then she propositions Rachel. And that's because Rachel is feeling very vulnerable and sad and down, because even though Rachel was trying to hit on uh, the other receptionist that works at the front desk, and she had removed Rocco and put Rocco down there at the beach and put somebody else in Rocco's place who she felt like would be less of a distraction and attraction to uh, the other young lady. Um, It didn't work out so well because it was Rachel's birthday. She wanted to hang out with the young lady and she low-key, you know, invited her on a date to have a drink with her at the, you know, the end of their shift. And... When it came towards the end of day to get ready to go and Rachel is packing up, the young lady walks up to her and she says, "Um, can you put Rocco back at the front desk? Because he's not just my boyfriend, but we just got engaged. So can you put him back at the front? And of course, this is a shock to Rachel's system because this is not what she anticipated. This is not what she wanted. She wanted a one-on-one with the young lady and she thought she was going to be able to make her move. She done buy her a, a gift and everything, you know, and she just feeling really bad and sad about the whole situation. She decides that she has all of a sudden has a headache and doesn't want to go have a drink. Um, with the young lady and she ends up going to sit in the lounge at the bar while Mia is playing the piano and performing and um, when Mia is uh, taking her break she walks up to Rachel and she propositions Rachel and she says you know what you know I basically I can give you what you want you know I know you know of a, a open room somewhere And so Rachel, you know, agrees to it and she gives her a master key to go to a suite and they go to the suite and they do the do. So, uh, yeah, we're going to see how the rest of that plays out. You know what I'm saying? Um, But, yeah. okay. so there's that. Moving on. Um, We are about to move on to uh, the Real Housewives of Potomac. And let me tell you something, Twitter be so lit. Shout out to Twitter. Because, listen, Twitter Twitter is throwing all kind of shade and reads at, uh, <laughs> at, um, at Giselle and Robin and Mia. They are definitely uh, the three enemies of... Uh, at, as, at on target right now because of the way that they are trying to ostracize and alienate Wendy, which just I agree, like it just ain't fitting. the The punishment is not fitting the crime. It's just not. And okay, so to pick up where we left off last week, all right, after the whole fight and everything like that, 
Um, it is still supposed to be celebrating Karen's birthday, but now all of a sudden we're not celebrating technically Karen's birthday. So it's just like a day out. Like Mia is got one foot in, one foot out when it comes to what they're actually doing. And I do agree with Giselle. Like Mia is a horrible host. <laughs> she is just bad at hosting a girl's trip. Um, cause we have seen, we definitely have seen better. Uh, but anyway, so there is... There's not really a lot to break down other than this. Um, Mia is still got her feelings and, you know, uh, got her ass on her back and is all in her feelings about what Wendy has done. And she feels like anybody that is on the side of Wendy or checking in on Wendy, you are, you know, team Wendy and you're not team Mia. And it's disrespectful. So how dare you invite Wendy to dinner? How dare you check up on her well-being? How dare dare you even try and see about her at all you know that is how Mia is feeling yeah and um even to the point where she was even threatening like the girls like you can't stay at the house and the girls was like I'm not going nowhere like where I'm not finna go anywhere I came all the way out here I'm finna stay right where I'm at and they have this moment where the girls split up now mind you um, Wendy is not a part of the day activities or anything like that, but there is definitely discourse and awkwardness between Candace and some of the other ladies, okay? Because Candace is, this season is just not here for the BS and what they've already started to do when it comes to her husband, Chris, she ain't about it. Like, she just is over it at this point. And um, she is outed by Robin, okay, uh, to Giselle first, and then later that night at the table, but I'm gonna get to that, so at the day trip, all right, half the girls went to go drive Lamborghinis, uh, and, uh, the other girls went to go on this little, um, little pedal boat thing, you know, I like everybody, like, sit in a, and bicycle-like seat, and they got to pedal the boat, it was one of those, and (laughs) it was the food that was, like, Mia, how could you set this up? Like, you didn't have them on a yacht or something in Miami. You had them on a pedal boat with stored, with deli store food. Like, <laughs> when I mean deli store food, they, you know how you go to the deli at the supermarket and they got the, the already pre-made sandwiches and stuff? Yeah, that's what they have for lunch. So while the girl, the other girls is driving Lambos, all right, all up and down Miami, and the other girls is doing work <laughs> and eating uh real basic food based on their um you know their financial status. I'm just just seemed basic to me, but whatever. Uh, so yeah, and um, Candace and you know mentions uh to you know out of concern and respect for Robin, which I did appreciate. So that is growth when it comes to Candace. She did ask Robin at first, you know, do you feel comfortable with Wendy uh, coming on to the trip, you know, coming on the day trip? And Robin was like, I don't care. So there's that. So it's a little bit of awkwardness with that whole daytime trip, right? All right, now fast forward to the dinner. Or no, intermission. Robin 
uh, likes to, like many people, likes to scroll her phone when she's taking a shit, okay? And I'm not saying that, like, I know for sure, I'm saying, I mean, I know for sure based on that's what she said in the scene, okay? So she's talking to Giselle, and she's like, I found this on Instagram. So apparently Candace had went live on Instagram, like, a few days beforehand, and she is basically calling out, she says, she generalizes and includes all of the women and says that they're all fake they're all disloyal and she's over it and they're out here panhandling their businesses and all this other kind of stuff so uh robin is going to out just i mean out uh candace that night at dinner all right and she don't just out her like call it out at <laughs> like this is what candace said this is how extravagant she went. She went the extra mile. She brought her Bluetooth speaker, connected her Bluetooth speaker, put it in the middle of the dinner table. Okay. Mind you, Wendy has already showed up. That was already a whole other situation. So in case anybody was wondering, yeah, Wendy was invited to dinner by way of Ashley, which Mia was already kind of disturbed about that. But that's neither here nor there. It just wasn't fair that Wendy was, you know, um, uninvited to go to dinner. So she came so now all of them are at the table this is the opportunity uh robin has been waiting for she puts the the speaker on the table she plays the clip and all the women at the table are like clutching their pearls and dropping their jaws and (gasps) and all of this is going on right so they're doing all of that and the next thing you know um you have uh Robin just berating Candace and Candace pulls the ultimate half baked move. If y'all remember half baked, remember that scene where old boy was quitting his job and he was like, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool, I'm out. So basically Candace pulls the same move. Candace is like, you're fake and you're disloyal. You're fake and you're full of mess and you like to lie. I didn't include you in that. Like, it was the classic half-baked moment. No lie. I was <laughs> it was hella funny to me the way Candace did it because she was very authentic and she meant what she said. And then, um... I forget, I, I can't remember if it was Giselle or Robin, but somebody at the table was like, well, why you don't say that to me? No, it was Giselle. She was like, well, why you don't say that to me? And, um, and you got to put it on Instagram. She was like, I tell you this all the time. What you mean? So it goes to show, like, y'all have, I feel like the, like Robin and Giselle don't have never wanted to give Candace a chance at all. I don't know if it's because she's younger. I don't know if it's because she's young and she can match wits and shade and pettiness with them. You know what I'm saying? Um, Because they tried to do the same thing to Ashley when Ashley came onto the scene and Ashley crumbled. Okay, she had to find her foot and it took her about a good season and a half to find her footing to where she can now be just as petty. But Candace came in like... (laughs) <laughs> no hoes bar like you want some of this let's go like i ain't no punk you know what i mean and anybody can get it like there's no respect or person so it just is interesting to me on how they are getting at candace now this is where candace is definitely wrong at candace did lie because ashley felt like oh 
Candace uh, didn't include you. When she said I didn't include you in that rant, she was talking to Karen. All right. Now, Karen being the oldest out of everybody in the group, a.k.a. the Grand Dame of Potomac. Okay. Uh, Candace tells uh, uh, Karen, I wasn't talking about you in that. Ashley sitting right next to Karen decides the, uh, now she want to spill some tea. And be like, oh, well, since she uh, said she didn't want to include you, let me tell you what she said to me. She said that you was uh, seeing other men um, behind Ray's back around town. And Karen's face, yo, like it was like on some exorcist. Like you just seen Karen's whole face just transform and morph into something else. And... She got really upset and she lashed out and she walked off, well, stormed off or whatnot. Um, she then she did definitely like calm down and then come back to the table or whatnot. Because one thing about Karen, she'll have her moment, but she also knows what it is about um making the production work, making the show work and still being a part of it. And I feel like Karen is really good at compartmentalizing of like, you know what, I can I can put a pin on how I'm feeling and handle that situation later and then focus on what the task at hand is. And I, I commend Karen for being able to do that in real time. Um, but Candace did lie at that moment because Candace kept saying, and see, again, shout out to the producers for having the clip and replaying it after post-production because they showed the clip where Candace and Ashley was at Candace's house and it was Key Ken and Candace said, well, the way, at, well, it could be argued this. I will say that. It could be argued this. The way Ashley said it, isn't exactly the way Candace said it. So it wasn't verbatim. All Candace did say was Karen has been seen around town with men that weren't her husband. So it gives you the implication of something more. But the way Ashley said it gave it a definitive accusation. So It'd be, see what I'd be saying? It'd be like the little miscommunications and stuff and everything that'd be causing all of this turmoil and, and, and arguments and resentment between women or just people. I'm going to say people, not women. People. But given the fact that it showed these women. Okay? So, we're going to see how all of that plays out um, coming up next week. Uh, there is a lot more that's going to be popping off, too. Um, but moving on. Uh, this show right here, uh, I definitely want to shout them out. And shout out to them, though, because they, uh, they reshared my tweet and everything. So shout out to Amazon Prime and the production company for, um, hold on, y'all. I got to do this. Okay. All right. So this is the richest on Amazon Prime, all right? It is six episodes. Each episode is about an hour long. This show is based in the UK. It is an 
all melanated cast, okay? So all black cast, and they are in positions of power, all right? So here is the synopsis. I'm just going to bring it to you. Hold on a second. Hold on. Um, Riches TV series. All right. Steven Richards has built a cosmetics empire, but when he suffers a stroke, his family's secrets and lies to the surf uh, secrets and lies rise to the surface, and the future of his multi-million pound company is at stake. And this is a beautiful, well-done story. They did all of this in six episodes, and it is comes full circle. Okay. Um, the so the father all right the father he um just before he passes on he has a conversation with his oldest child and his oldest child uh and her brother are from the relationship before his current wife he has three children with her all right now the two children who are in america Right. They have made their own names for themselves. They are very successful and everything like that. And the mom wanted to make sure that she was able to get away from uh, from him because uh, Stephen was just, you know, he was just not a very good man, per se. Right. So she wanted to protect her children and bring them up in a different world. And that's just what she did. However, Stephen reaches out to uh, his eldest, um, and, you know, lets her know that there is something going on and he feels like there is somebody who's trying to take him down and take down the company. All right. Now, uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into play. I'm not going to give you a lot of spoilers when it comes to this show, because there are so every episode unpacks something else. It is fast paced. There's really nothing that there's no filler episodes and the dynamics between everything. If you are not into daytime soaps, uh, then I don't know what to tell you because this is definitely like a soap opera, but very fast paced. It is not, like I said, it's six seasons, six episodes. You can binge all six right now. Um, and it's a beautiful story. Like it really is a good story. And the fact that we are seeing melanated people in this type of capacity, I just think is a beautiful thing. And Amazon, I, I have to, I'm going to give you your credit back. Okay. Cause Amazon prime pissed me off when it came to, um, uh, that show that they did call them. Okay. I was really upset about that. Cause I felt like it was emotionally taxing on black people. Okay. I was mad about that. I did several shows about this shit. I did several shows about this shit because I was pissed off at Amazon. But you know what? Y'all got me back, okay? Appreciate y'all now for this. Okay, you made up for it. It's all right now. We good, okay? We good, Amazon Prime. But don't do that shit again. Just saying. Uh, Shout out to Quayshawn and Thotty Scotty. What's up, y'all? Thank you for being here. What up, Quayshawn? Yo, Melanie Seduction. What's going on? How you, do how you doing today? What show? What show are you talking talking about? I'm just curious, you know. Um, I'm not. I'm not really into uh, binge watching shows because you know, I'll be having stuff to do. But what's the show you talking about? 
Oh, I totally understand. So this is the beautifulness that I just made that word up. This is the beautifulness of my show because I don't just break down the shows, but I also let you know if they are, even if you can't watch them per se, and let's just say like if you listen to podcasts or you listen to the music, you know, uh, music or whatever, some of these shows or movies that I'm, I review are background noise. So you don't necessarily have to actually sit and watch them. You just have them playing in the background. And um, quite honestly, this is actually one of them. <laughs> so shout out to that. Um, so yeah, this what up, Smokey Oki? Um, this is uh Riches on Amazon Prime, right? So just to, I'm I'm gonna give you the uh, recap because you just got here. So it's six episodes. It is about a uh very well to do uh wealthy empire black family that have a beauty line and the father ends up dying and he gives in in the inheritance he gives the company over to his two oldest children who currently live in america and the wife gets the house and the other kids they basically are going to be the employees of the oldest two kids now the oldest two kids don't even want the company at first until they start to see some things that just seem kind of funny and then they start looking well the oldest child uh she starts looking into the finances and this is what was so crazy to me so you know how the secretary always knows something right the sec i knew mind you okay the secretary ain't melanated okay okay she 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 a yt person but she was intricate in the story i just couldn't figure out how she was intricate in the story i thought she was the one who was deleting stuff and setting up like some of the employees to take the fall and for stuff you feel me come to find out it wasn't even her now um Quayshon, i don't know if you if you've listened to my show before but i give spoilers but i ain't gonna give a bunch of spoilers in this because i want y'all to figure out and learn who was the one who was setting up people at the company okay i ain't going but i just tell you this it wasn't the secretary but the secretary definitely <laughs> she <laughs> she it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out in season two. And I'm hoping Amazon Prime greenlights them for more episodes instead of six. I feel like it was disrespectful. You only gave them six episodes, Prime. Okay, but then again, maybe the production company. And shout out to the production company because I just followed them this morning on Twitter because they shouted me out on their... Well, they didn't shout me out, but they retweeted my tweet. Okay, <laughs> so shout out to their production company. Okay, I'm gonna reach out to them and be like, listen, you want me to review more of your stuff? Y'all can send me and let me preview it first. <laughs> send it to me and I'm gonna I'm review it. You feel me? So shout out to them. But, uh, but yeah, so this is definitely one of those shows where it's got, um, definitely layers like i said it's fast paced it's good dialogue um it is based in the uk um and just seeing the family dynamics of it all and how you start to see like they even did the writing so well with the character development to where the mom they made her to where you wanted to dislike her even to the point where borderline hate her only to then at the end of the season to be like, ah, okay, I kind of like you now. And I feel like that's great writing. 
that is good writing. If you could make me dislike a character and then kind of be like, oh, okay, I'll give you a pass. All right. You can stay. <laughs> then I'm here for it. So shout out to them. They did a wonderful job. What's going on, Reed? How you doing? Sorry. My hey. mouth has been not working right. I can't say words correctly for some reason. It's just wanting to <laughs> like get all jumbled oh, up when I try and speak. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's all good, Okie Dokie, Smokey Okie. It's good to see you, cousin. No, I'm not going front. The, um, from what I hear so far, the show sound pretty, pretty dope. But it's only six, six um episodes. That's not bad. I can, um, I could watch. Yeah. That. I just can't, you know. And it's a lot of shows on Netflix and shit that I be wanting to get into. I just don't be. I like once I once I start a show, I like I'll forget about everything else I need to do. So I try, you know, I try not to. I try to stay away from shows. You know that sound. Um, it sounds like a mini series. It sounds, you know, interesting. Yes, you know what? You could consider it like an extended mini series, because most mini series are about two episodes, maybe three. You know what I'm saying? But they're usually like a little bit longer or whatever. But yes, you can consider it like an extended mini series. And um, for future reference, if you uh, are looking for something to watch or whatnot you can always you know hit me in the dm and ask me you know if there's you know have i seen x y and z or whatever and if it's something that could be background noise for you or if it's fast paced to where it doesn't seem like it's dragging on or whatever the case is because this is what i do you know what i'm saying like binge and rewind has been a well it hasn't been on stereo for years but it has definitely i have been definitely doing binge rewind for years so <laughs> so yeah there's that but yeah i got you though um, but I think I think anybody who is into um, great writing, great acting, because these actors definitely like hit the mark. And there is some funny moments in there. There are some heartfelt moments in there. There is definitely the drama of it all. And, um, you know, uh, the character development is as it was well done. So I think it is definitely something that. Um, many people could like really just get into. Um, all right, so uh, this one right here, hold on. Um, and I don't know, I was trying to say this for last, uh, because I had some people last week that suggested this to me, and I told them I was gonna watch it. And I stuck to my word. Like, if you give me a suggestion to watch something, I definitely uh, check it out and put it on my radar, which I did. And I watched Warrior Nun, and it is two seasons, and that show is hella dope. I don't know why. I didn't watch this before. I have no idea why. But I'm glad that it did. So shout out to them. Look, I did, look, okay, so... This show is like uh, faith meets science meets action packed meets conspiracy meets uh, fight scenes, um, demons, uh, all of that. Okay, so this is the premise of it. All right, so you have um, the there is the halo, right? Okay, so the halo. Uh, that we usually see on the angels or whatever, it is actually like this 
um, super power source, right? That makes whoever, whatever nun or whosoever body is in basically invincible, all right? So there is this young woman who dies, all right? She is dead on her, she is on the slab, okay? She is on the table, she died or whatever. We don't know how she died, but then we end up seeing um, these people uh, who don't look like nuns, okay, because they do not look like nuns, but, um, we see them getting ambushed by these mercenaries or whatnot, and there's this whole little, like, blow-up fight scene going on, right, but this demon come along, and he wants to get to the nun who's got the halo, because the warrior nun who had the halo in her back, she died, all right, so I'm gonna let y'all know right now, this whole Warrior Nun review is a complete spoiler. I'm just letting y'all know this now, okay? So, with that being said, um, so the the nun who grabbed the halo to get it for safekeeping, um, she runs into the same room where the dead girl at, all right? She put it in the dead girl, and she ends up fighting the demon or whatever, the nun do. Now, the dead girl, all of a sudden, she come to life. And she don't got no idea what's going on. She just some, what we see in the beginning, just some random dead girl, right? So all of a sudden, uh, we learn that this young woman, all right, she was a quadriplegic because she got into a car accident with her family and her family uh, uh, died. Uh, well, her mom and her dad died in the car accident. And she ended up, she was the only survivor and she was a quadriplegic. And she ended up in this, um, this uh cat this catholic nursing home basically for children or whatever and the nurses treated her like shit and uh one of the nurses actually like uh tried to kill her basically well not try to kill her but did kill her or whatnot and um it was they tried to rule it as a suicide but i always knew it was something off about the way that girl died because the nun told the priest like when he's when the priest was like hey we need to put in the books like her cause of death and the nun was like leave that part blank i knew that was something off about that but we learned later in the season that that's what happened okay so anyway so the girl now that she got these superpowers because his halo is in her her back but she don't know what the halo is in her back she has absolutely no idea all she knows is that one minute she couldn't move her legs and her arm her legs and her arms or whatnot she could only like move her hands because we ended up seeing her flipping off the nun one time <laughs> so um she can't move or nothing like that and all of a sudden she can move so now all she wants to do is have a life full of first. She wants to run on the beach. She wants to feel the sun because she grew up inside this, you know, this um, institution of not being able to do nothing. And the people who were supposed to care for her didn't get really give a shit. You know what I'm saying? So, uh... She ends up coming across. Now, this is where it comes really significant for me because I paid attention to this. See, this is why this is one of those shows that is not background noise. I ain't gonna hold you. It is not background noise. You do have to sit and watch it because there are certain scenes that are intricate to paying attention to the storyline and how you know whose position is whose. Because when she ends up okay mind you her name is Ava which I thought was interesting because it's based on like biblical references or whatever so Ava A V A 
Eve, E-V-E. You see what I'm saying? Like, I just said, like, I... Okay, anyway. So, Ava ends up, you know, she's on the beach or whatever, and she ends up coming across, like, this... um. No, she comes across this house and she sees this pool. So she wants to jump in the pool, right? So she jumps in the pool, but then she realizes her ass can't swim. So this young guy, he jumps in the pool, he saves her, right? And uh, there's this moment that I realize, like, okay, like this is going to be her love interest or whatnot. And then that's when she also learns that she got this... um the halo on her back because he sees that she's got this circle. He thinks it's a tattoo or whatnot. And then things start to unravel. But going back to the young man, all right, this is what I noticed. Whenever she comes across a young man that comes, like, seems like he's supposed to be, like, an integral part in her journey, there is a moment where the two of them are getting ready to go run and do something and she runs in the opposite direction i don't know if production did that on purpose to let us the audience know that this is a good guy and not someone who's going to betray her because definitely there's so many moving pieces and because we don't know who is working for her or against her like I felt like that was one of those hidden gems to pay attention to. And I say that because with the first guy in the season one, she does that. And then when Michael comes in season two, she does it again, you know, at the, you know, so I just thought that was pretty cool. Um, but anywho, so as things, as she starts to learn more about what this halo is supposed to be and she's realizing and she learns that she is actually being hunted and then she gets recruited by the warrior nuns because they're they're the warrior nuns it's called the OCS and the OCS organization they're supposed to be um protector of the halo and protectors of um the bad you know entities and forces of the church or whatever to save you know civilization or whatever from the devil taking over the world right so and then there's the OCS and then there's this undercover under the OCS who has the ability to know how to defeat Adriel. Adriel is the demon, is the, he's supposed to be like the devil of the story, okay? And Adriel basically wants to use this little boy, Michael, which we see him in season one as a young, sick boy, and his mom is a scientist, and she creates um, uh, this a contraption to be able to create a portal that will allow you to go into another dimension to where you are healed. So basically, she's cre- she created a portal to have heaven on earth, kind of, you know, per se, right? And Adriel wants to use this contraption, but he, of course, wants to use it for evil. So um, now you see the cat and mouse chase between the warrior nuns and um, Adriel and how they get tricked by Adriel to do his bidding and the whole time they think they're doing something good. So in the first season, we see them um, getting uh, getting what they think is going to be the bones of Adriel, okay, to destroy them, right, when really they were tricked into releasing Adriel. 
So now that Adriel's re and he was trapped there by the first warrior nun. Okay, and they give you the whole background on that and everything. And uh, when he's in his tomb, we see Ava going in there because she's supposed to look for the bones, right? And then bring the bones out or whatever. And uh, in the meantime, in between time, what they doing all of that, then we see the Pope, okay? He ends up uh, dying, all right? So now they do their thing where they're trying to select a new Pope or whatever the case is, right? And... Uh, they're doing the voting and stuff like that. Now, the person who ends up being selected, I ain't gonna hold you. Like, I thought he was a bad guy. Like, I even wrote that in my notes. Like, I thought he was the bad dude. Like, for real, for real. Because he was just, he was just so secretive about certain things that I really thought, like, he was on some, like, yeah, you the one that betrayed everybody. You know what I'm saying? Only come to find out, it wasn't him! Damn it! <laughs> it wasn't the ready. It was the other dude, Vince. It was Vince the whole damn time. Um, which I was really disturbed by that. But then I was like, oh well, damn, I did miss that because there was a point where uh Mary had stepped up to Vince after the warrior nut after um Shannon had died in season one, and Mary steps up to Vince and she's like, so who is it? Do you you know? Um, you need to tell me what's going on. Like, what's really going on? And Vince was very vague and didn't want to say nothing. So I was like, huh. So at first I thought it was him. But then when they introduced Doretti, I just was like, oh, maybe it's Doretti lying to Vince and doing all of this other stuff. Only come to find out it wasn't. I was completely wrong on that theory. But, uh, so yeah, there's that. Um. So Adriel uh, ends up getting released free, and now we see this ultimate. Uh, uh, well, it wasn't even the ultimate battle scene. I can hold you. It's kind of anticlimactic. Um, with the battle scene at the end of season one, um, it's kind of anticlimactic. But they did better in season two. Uh, so yeah, there's that. Uh, and in season two, we see Ava. You know. Um, embracing her new abilities. She is uh, performing better. She is exercising. She is um, um, increasing her abilities and stuff like that. But, uh, oh my goodness, what's that girl's name? Um, I want to say her name was Olivia. Hold on. I got to pull this up. I want to say her name was Olivia or Liv, but that might not have been her name. But she ends up feeling some kind of way because she was supposed to be next in line um, to receive the halo, right? But because the nun in season one escaping the demon she was fighting put it in Ava and it didn't go to her. So now she felt like without purpose because her family for generations have been protectors of the halo within the OCS. So she was next in line for succession. And because it was it didn't go to her, she then of course feels some kind of way. Oh Lilith, that's her name. Lilith. So uh Lilith starts to get a little bit lost. And just like you know we know how enemy forces can be, you know what I'm saying? Like the enemy can 
and you know intercepting your mind and make you believe things about yourself that are not true and make you feel bad about yourself and doubt yourself and then add to that outside forces such as a parent you know doubling down on those negative thoughts it can make you doubt everything you believe or you've grown to believe about yourself that is opposite of what is happening you know what they're saying and what those negative thoughts are okay and Lilith starts to go down the dark side to where she I mean she does definitely try to suppress the dark side of her powers because she ends up getting um killed by one of the like huge demons or whatnot I forget what they're called they kind of look like orcs from rings of power or you know uh, the hobbits or lord of the rings they kind of look like orcs but bigger you know like hella hella bigger so um they she and lilith is actually ends up getting killed and getting pulled into the portal back uh with the demon and but then when she reappears she's got this scar that looks similar to the halo right on her on her body and then she realizes that that is giving her um similar halo powers but now because she's so lost and the help that she was looking for she didn't receive it from the doctor to help her figure out like what's going on with her and the doctor just wanted to use her to go find her son who got sucked into the portal that she had built, uh, Lilith is like, yeah, no, nah, this ain't it. So where does Lilith go? She goes to Adriel. And Adriel basically welcomes her in and lets her know that, you know, you were, the, you were supposed to be the one with the halo, but, you know, it got skipped over you. And he's just feeding into the negative thoughts that she's already believing about herself. But then at the same time, he's hyping her up like you can be better than ever before, basically just joining on my team, you know. And just as Ava is getting stronger with her abilities, so was Lilith by way of Adriel. So now Lilith used to be team warrior nun team ocs and because everything that has transpired with her just like some people in real life which is why i say a lot of times art imitates life and life imitates art okay um that's what ended up with her so now she's fighting for you know she's sided with the enemy or whatnot and she is her lit the battle scenes this is why i say they made up for it in season two because the fight scenes between ava and lilith are some badass scenes because you have two super um you have two superhumans basically like going at it and they have similar skill sets very similar and neither one of them can't well I don't know if either one of them can actually die, die, but uh, let's just say they can't be knocked out for long. Like there's even a scene in their fight when they're at the museum trying to steal the crown. Um, <laughs> and you're going to have to watch the episode to know what I'm talking about. But um, the there's this scene where Lilith and Ava are fighting and Lilith throws Ava into 
um, the the I don't know. It was it wasn't a sword, but it was it was something like super sharp or whatnot, and it like pierced. Like she was just like dangling from it. Okay, but Ava has the ability similar to Lilith. Ava has the ability to like walk through walls. You know what I'm saying? And that's basically what she did. And then she can heal faster or whatever. So in the second season. So that's what happened in season two. And because in season two, they're still in the crown and um, there's all this fighting going on between Lilith and Ava because now in season two, the mission is to actually kill Adriel and get rid of him. And this is when we learn about the sub secret society that under the o- um, under the OCS who actually has the key to kill Adriel. Okay. And that's when we learn about the crown, the crown that was placed on Jesus's head, you know, during the crucifixion. Okay. So, um, they go to the um they they go to the museum, they steal the crown, and the goal is this, which is supposed to be like supposed to be a simple plan, but it's complex as all get out, okay? Um, but they tried to make it simple. It was basically like we gotta distract Adriel, we gotta by this and at this point Adriel has done all of these type of Chris Angel phenomenons, okay, and has used his own portal that he created, okay, <laughs> to create the re- to recreate the plagues like the locusts you know what i'm saying and the mists you, you know if y'all know the the plagues of the bible then you, you understand what i'm saying if you don't know i don't have the time to go through all of that so but he's be, he's able to recreate them with his own portal so it's through science not through him okay but the people don't know the difference and now he's developed a following where they're saying uh hail adriel and praying to him and all this other kind of stuff all right, so Adriel um, is supposed to be distracted. While he is distracted, they're supposed to put the crown on Adriel's head, and then they are then with that then with that it makes him weak, and then they'll be able to um, dispose of him, right? And then everybody is out from under the spell of Adriel, and civilization is okay. All right, it is saved. Um, that's supposed to be the plan. However, the plan don't actually go that way. And if you were wondering about the little boy, Michael, who was sick and went into the portal, Michael actually ends up coming back because he's the one I mentioned earlier that ends up uh, befriending Ava. All right. And we learn once again, like I said, anytime there's somebody um, who seems to be like a love interest for Ava or whatever, he's actually like a helper because she ends up running in the opposite direction of him in like a scene or whatnot. So. Michael um, is actually supposed to be like the detonator, I guess you could say, right? Because according to Michael, um, with his storyline, he actually ends up meeting um, God. And some of y'all ain't some some people might not like what I'm getting ready to say, but I ain't write the book. I mean the 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 the, the show, okay? I ain't write it. But God was a woman, all right? So. Uh, Michael met the woman and the woman told him, God told him that you are supposed to go back. I'm a, you're supposed to go back down to earth and you are supposed to help Ava get rid of Adriel and help civilization. But in the process, you're going to be sacrificed too. Okay. Now this is where the dynamic of accepting your fate and understanding and, and releasing and giving into the, um, um, 
leaning into God's understanding and not our own understanding because the dynamic between Ava and Michael is just that. Michael has leaned into the understanding of what God has um, assigned for him to do and he is accepting of that assignment and he has you know, acting out on that, on that assignment. However, we see Ava, she constantly struggles with that and she wants to lean to her own understanding and not that of God. Okay. Which, um, which is understandable because she didn't seek God for God to tell her what was told to Michael. You know what I'm saying? So when Michael tells her that she don't want to go through with it because she doesn't want to lose, you know what I'm saying? So, um, they end up having, you know, a really good, uh, this was a better climax of a, of a, um, ending for the season. Okay. Very much better. Um, which I appreciated that, uh, from what I was told last week from those from, uh, squinted and, um, and, uh, was it Mars? I think it was Mars the Black uh, from Squinted and Mars the Black. Shout out to them because they the ones who suggested the Warrior Nun. Like I say, if you have something you want me to watch, movie or TV show, let me know because I'll definitely put it on my list. And like I said, I will watch it and I will review it. You feel me? So shout out to them for that. Um, but from what they explained to me last week, there is a season three that's going to get ready to come out. So um, shout out to that because I'm here for it. Um, I want to know what's going to happen next. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is the next force that's going to come through or whatever and try to take over um, the warrior nuns? Okay? I'm just saying. Um, okay, so this is going to be the last one. I'm going back to HBO. Um, and I made this the last one because... Oh, my God. <laughs> it took me forever to watch this shit. <laughs> It took me forever to watch it. Um, hold on. Because I want to make sure I, I, I get the title right. Because, oh, my Lanta. Y'all just, y'all don't understand. Um, it was a lot. But it was, it's a documentary. Just to let y'all know. Um, it's on HBO. Uh, it's called the Murdochs. And I'm going to tell y'all, I'm going to go into detail of why I'm reviewing this. Because um, there is a show based on this family that I also watch on um, HBO. And I am surprised. I'm not, um, I was shocked and surprised that I picked up on what it was about. Like, I, when when I tell y'all, I was sitting there watching this docu-series, right? Okay, let me tell okay. The, the docu-series got six episodes. Each episode is an hour long. It took me, well, considering the fact that I was here on stereo listening all day, and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to I started watching it uh in between or whatever. But six episodes, each episode is about an hour long. You you do not have to sit and watch it. You can listen to it like listening to a podcast. So you can sit and listen to it like you're listening to me now. Okay. Um it is produced by CNN, all right, 
which I didn't even know CNN had a contract with HBO to even put this on there. So now I got a deep dive into what else HBO merged with as of recently to even have a CNN production on here. All right. But if y'all don't know who the Murdochs are, which uh, they own everything, <laughs> or at least they, they at one point they definitely owned everything 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 okay because the murdochs is the ones who own fox news all right fox fx uh uh like hella stuff okay but it was so much controversy and this man is ruthless as shit (laughs) bruh and this is why I was excited to this is why I was committed to keep watching this because there is a show on HBO called Succession. All right. I love this show. If y'all have listened to me on Binge and Rewind, you know I'm fascinated by the business part and docuseries and documentaries about like business and pu- and human dynamics and how people behave and stuff like that. Okay? And just I don't know, just all of it together. But anyway, saying all that to say, Succession, I have no doubt in my mind at this point that Succession, the the fictional series on HBO, is based on the Murdoch family. Like, it's too similar. It's too similar for it not to be. And I'm definitely going to do my homework and go figure out if I'm right. Because if I'm right, I'm good at this shit and know what I've been talking about. There's a movie on Netflix called Code 8 that's pretty good. I watched it the other day. It's about people Code with eight. powers. It's pretty good. Okay, hold on. I'm finna put it on my co- I'm finna put it on my list. I'm finna put it on my list. I be look, it'd be funny if it was already on my list, huh? Uh Code 8. Nope, it's not on my list. Got it. Boom. Just like that. See? I'll review it next week. Um, thank you, Smokey Oki. Um, so yes, okay, so the Murdochs in a nutshell, all right. Um, Rupert Murdoch, all right, they even go so far as to under for us to understand the pathology of how he is the way that he is, okay. His father wasn't shit, <laughs> his mom was not affectionate, okay. They had their son and shipped their son off to boarding school. All right. When his daddy died, no, they told he was at school when his daddy died. And it took him three days to get home to be in time for the funeral. And by the time he got there, they already had the funeral. So he never got closure. He spent his entire, uh, uh, you know, adolescent and teenage years trying to appease his father and make his father proud, which never happened. His mother was not affectionate. They said that his mama, when he was like five years old, threw his ass in the deep end of the pool for him to figure it out. And she told the service staff, don't go in and save him. He got to figure it out. That's some cold shit. Okay. So, also, we find out that what his dad did do 
outside of, you know, not really being like a full, you know, affectionate father and supportive father to him, he did set him up to be able to take over the family company, right? Which was out there in Australia, which was some newspapers. That's how all of this shit started, all right? So he bought a house, he had a whole bunch of newspaper companies, and he gave it to his son. His son took that and flipped that shit, okay? Like, flipped it, flipped it, but he was ruthless, okay? He was like on some, um, um, dang, what's that dude's name? Oh, see, this might be a little triggering for people, but it's only because I'm only going to use this reference because of what I know. No, never mind. I'm not even going to go there. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Um, so, uh, he was ruthless. Okay. Uh, businessman. And he would tell you if you wanted to, if he wanted to do a deal with him, he would tell you whatever you wanted to hear to get you to sign your name on the dotted line to complete the deal. Okay. But once he completed the deal, he go do whatever the hell he wanted to do. All right. So that's what he ends up doing. So he ends up buying a whole bunch of other newspapers and stuff or whatnot. Right. So, some stuff pops off in Australia, okay? Some stuff pops off off in Australia because what he decides to do is one of the newspaper companies, um, he decides to turn it into more of a tabloid situation, all right? And there was someone um, in the, the, um, oh, my God, what's that court called? Uh, The, you know, where the prime minister... And then is that, okay, so Parliament, thank you, oh, <laughs> telling y'all, thank you, thank me, um, so, uh, he lies, the, the, this guy is having an affair, it was on some, like, uh, Bill Clinton type shit with Monica, okay, this dude of Parliament had an affair with a chick, the chick, you know, um, uh, he said that he didn't have the affair with the chick, but then, you know, Rupert's people found out, you know, otherwise, and exploited it, all right, and ran with the story, and all of this, all right, so, it was very shunned upon over there, uh, where they was at, all right, so, oh, wait, hold on, yeah, okay, so, he left, right, so, he left, decided that he was gonna, Rupert, decided he was gonna go to America, he goes to America, and, um, he ends up buying, was it the New York Post? I think it was, it was the New York Post. I think he bought that first, if I remember correctly. Mind you, okay, this is, when I tell y'all, uh, it's a fast-paced docuseries, but it's a lot of information. Like, it's a lot of information. Um, it's kind of overloaded, which is why I'm kind of talking kind of fast, because I'm trying to make sure I get all the details in there. All right, so... Uh, it was the New York Post that he bought first, and then he started to explore, and he bought other, you know, um, entities, all right? So then he decided that he wanted to get into uh, broadcasting, and then that's when he bought um, 20th Century Fox, okay? So, in living color, married with children, um, all of that is because of Rupert, okay? All of that. Because he felt there had, according to the docu series, there hadn't been a new broadcasting company at that time developed for like fifty years. So he created that, okay. Um, and he believed that 
sex, crime, war, drama, messiness, all of that was going to sell papers and sell to the audience and captivate the audience. Current Affair, y'all remember Current Affair? Rupert, okay. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Check this out. The elections and shit? Bruh, Nixon? Bruh, Nixon, Trump, um, the, the, the scandal with Bill O'Reilly, uh, what's the other dude, um, oh, shoot, uh, the Ailes dude, what's his name, John Ailes, dang, I can't remember that first dude, first name, but the Ailes dude who used to run Fox News or whatever, but he was an intricate part of, um, putting president being a, a a presidential image you know image maker you know what i'm saying for people who were candidates or whatnot you know what i'm saying like he was influential in that okay all of that under rupert's watch okay like <laughs> bruh els walked away when his scandal came out um wait mind you that movie oh shoot what was that movie called that came out a couple years ago uh was it bombshell i think it was bombshell where the women um came out this is during the me too movement was in its heightened you know it's heightenedy okay and the women came out and there was a movie about you know this um type you know uh uh production you know uh shoot broadcasting tycoon that was you know inviting them to his office and doing all this other kind of nasty stuff or whatever the case is okay that's about him that's about that dude okay then of course he walked away with 40 million dollars when they decided to finally fire him because which they didn't fire him after the scandal stuff wait was it that no yeah they did they fired him after the scandal stuff they didn't fire him no, no, it wasn't. I think they fired him after like the political stuff that transpired. Cause they fired him just before Trump was getting ready. They they fired him the same night Trump was announcing that he was gonna be the Republican candidate. Like I'm telling you, it was a lot of information, y'all. Like y'all gotta like just really watch this shit. It's hella educational. To understand like some real behind the scenes stuff that be going on instead of just like going off of what happens in real time. Because a lot of that stuff that be happening in real time be so much misinformation. Like for real. Um, uh, The Bill O'Reilly thing. Um, Bill O'Reilly walked away with $25 million when they fired him or whatnot. And come to find out people higher up knew what Bill O'Reilly was doing because they was paying off people. Or whatever the case is. Like they had some people some of the women that had like received um settlements and stuff like that speak on it or whatnot. Um uh what else? Who hold on, let me play this. I get my thoughts together. <laughs> hey, how you doing? What I like to meet. Hey, I did, I have, watching something new called The Witness. Have you checked that out? Yes! Videos? 
Yes, I did. I just got through talking about that, Lord Shamik. Listen, go ahead and drop in the clip and tell me what you think about uh the riches. You know what I'm saying? Even though I already talked about it, let me know what you think about it. You feel me? And I'll go in between in talking about the riches with you and finishing up here with the Murdochs. You know what I'm saying? Um, but shout out to you. Yes, I did watch it. I I definitely enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it. Um, and I'm looking forward to season two if they get one. I'm hoping they do. Uh, but yeah, so uh now this is this is the connection with succession okay now i talked about like some of the business stuff and the political stuff and all like that what like that right but now i'm gonna talk about the family dynamic of it all all right so apparently rupert had um has a daughter from his first marriage that is not included in um what is to be the fight for succession with the other three kids okay uh, from his second marriage. All right. Now the other three kids, similar to succession, same thing, the, except for the first child part. Okay. With the first wife, but, um, but with the, the, they have, he has three children in the show succession. Rupert has three children, the three, two boys and a girl and the three of them similar to succession. Okay. Are competing um, for the seat, um, you know, after their father dies, because the father has not announced it. Mind you, Rupert to date, I believe is like almost 90 or something like that, maybe, or whatever. And he still has not, um, really, uh, stopped. You know what I'm saying? Um, there's a whole bunch of back and forth between the siblings on what they want their father to do and what they wanted to do and how they did the same thing he did with his father in trying to appease and satisfy his father. The, his children were put in the same position and they never could reach their the potential that their father felt like they could, especially the daughter Elizabeth. Okay, so Elizabeth, she had gotten out and she decided to create her own production company. So like, um, what was it? A big loser. And there was another reality show series that was successful that she created. Like she got into the reality TV game and created a production company called Shine. Okay, but then she ended up selling Shine to her family's company because after her brothers fumbled the ball, um, whether they left out of the country and didn't be a part of the family because that's what Lachlan did. He just completely left and he was supposed to be the golden boy, the prodigal son. And the second son, um, Jason, which is quote unquote what they call in the royal royalty, the spare son. OK, um, he stepped in, but then he fumbled the ball. All right. Majorly. All right. Like when I say he fumbled the ball majorly, I'm going to get to that part. And then I'm going I'm to close out. Um, but hold on. What up, e what up Legends? It's your boy Legends is stopping in. It's good to see the purple people leader gang gang in the building. Um, appreciate you. Hopefully you're doing well. I love it when you're up here. Yeah, Rupert Murdoch ain't, ain't one to fucks with. <laughs> but much love so, to y'all. Hey. Great show. Listening in. It's your boy Legends at work. Getting it. Appreciate you.
Appreciate you too, Legends. Thank you for sliding through. I, I like the riches. I like it. I like it, man. I'm I'm looking for I'm hoping um the series continue. I'm up to episode six, which I, which was the last episode. But that shit was good. Um <laughs> the father, man, he he died way too soon. <laughs> he had a short he had a cameo in that fucking series. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I, I like it, man. I like the That's whole the way it lay out. Uh, uh, I want to see how it turned out, man. It was, it was, it's good. It's good. Definitely a must see. You know what, Laura Shamik? I said the same thing on Twitter. I said it's a must watch, like for real, for real. And I agree with you. He does a great description. <laughs> the daddy had a cameo. <laughs> he really did, y'all. I think we saw the dad like. What episode one, Lord Shamik, and that was it. <laughs> and the soundtrack, the soundtrack to the fucking um, series is good, man. I, I, I've been getting yeah. some good music from that. Uh, actually, I played one of the artists. This artist, her name by her name is uh, Shabu, and she got this song uh, uh, that I like. Uh, I played it on um, the other day on um, Hug the Block. Okay, then. Shout out to that. Yeah, I like doing that too. Like, um, I'll go to uh, I'll go to Spotify and look up the soundtrack, and then um, favorite the soundtrack so I can use it in my shows too. So shout out to that, Lord Shavit. Virtual high five, yay! <laughs> um, but yeah, I I definitely love the riches. <laughs> uh oh, so uh, back. To, okay, so back to this. So this. So um. Lachlan, he ends up leaving. Jason fumbled the ball. Uh, Elizabeth um, sold the company, but then she decided to leave again. Okay. Um, Lachlan, I believe. Oh, Lachlan inherited once. Um, so y'all know how on Disney Plus, right? Now they got the Simpsons and stuff like that. That is because uh, Rupert Murdoch sold Fox to Disney, Bob Eager. Okay. He invited Bob Eager to his house for lunch. They had a meeting and he sold it to Bob Eager. And that is why there are a lot of Fox shows on Disney plus. Uh, uh, he had about 40 minutes, 40 minutes <laughs> of airtime in that, in that, uh, that series. <laughs> And then um, he you know he had another five minutes, and I think the couple of upper, uh, the I think it was episode two and three where she had the flashbacks of him when she was in the hotel and and um, replaying the the phone call that she had with her father. But yeah, man, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, shit, it's a good it's a good series, man. A lot of good black actresses and actors in there, man. I, I like it. Absolutely, absolutely. I, like I, I said earlier, Lord Shamik, I felt like they restored my Amazon Prime restored my faith in them from uh, with that show, based on what they did. Uh, like was it like over a year ago with that show? Them, okay. Like I did not like that show at all. Even you know, I, I watched it one. I watched that series one time, and I will never watch that again. Um, but this series, Riches, I could definitely find myself watching again, especially because it's only six episodes. 
and it's fast paced so i appreciated it um but so with the uh, so the comparison with uh this series succession and you know the you know the actual murdoch family uh, similar in this in the series, the siblings do the same thing, right? Of course, it's just a little bit dramatized, a little bit more, where you have one of the sons like a you know like a like a, a you know an addict or whatnot, but yet he's supposed to be the prodigal son who is you know AKA Lachlan, and then you have Elizabeth who is um uh you know the sister which is also over there on Succession, and then you have um, the little brother who is supposed to be, uh, Jason, you know, from the Murdochs, I believe. So it's very, very similar, including down to the ex-wife and all of that down to, um, scandals that pop off on the show, um, to keep the story long story, uh, going and everything like that, including, uh, sexual harassment. You feel me? So when I say I honestly believe succession is supposed to be the mirror and the adaptation from the story of the Murdoch family, I believe that with every fiber in my being that that's exactly what it is. Um, but this is what I wanted to touch on as far as how Jason fumbled the ball, okay? And how how disrespectful Rupert was to his daughter, okay? Now, Elizabeth always wanted a top seat, you know what I'm saying? But he always passed it over and gave it to the son, you know what I mean? But when this chick named Rebecca, okay, pops up, he gives Rebecca leeway and a top seat over uh, a news publication out there in Britain. Hold on, I'm gonna tell y'all what else happened. This is some cold shit. Um, what about the boys? Is the boys coming back? Are they bringing the boys back? Yeah, they filming now. About that EV? Cause I still see it yep. up on my Amazon Prime. And you know, the king of Tus- uh the king of Tulsa, Tuscaloosa, or, or the king I'm of Tulsa, on it. the king of Tulsa, already uh, on yeah, it, the king of Tulsa <laughs> with um Sylvester Stallone. Pretty good yep. series. Uh, I ain't going to front. I'm liking that shit, too. Yep. Tulsa King. I'm already on it. I reviewed the first episode. I'm going to wait a couple of more episodes before I review some more because it's slow as hell. That is a slow-ass show. So I just I couldn't find myself. I didn't want to bore anybody, including myself, with reviewing that show every week because it is like da-da-da-da-da. So I'm just going <laughs> to wait a little bit more um to to do that uh and then um yes they are fi- they are currently filming the next season of the boys now uh i follow them on uh twitter so yes and they show like some behind the scenes stuff and everything like that um it is definitely going to be an amazing next season so we'll probably get it uh this summer Maybe after they finish filming and do all the whole post-production thing, we might get it this summer. I mean, next summer, I'm hoping. Um, But yeah, 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 yeah. And I haven't seen a tweet yet from them saying that they have finished filming 
or anything. Because one thing I will say, and kudos and shout out to Amazon Prime and the production of The Voice, they definitely keep us uh, viewers and followers up to date on what's going on. So, yeah, there's that. But, yes, it is coming. Um, Okay, so uh, Rebecca is in this top seat. Okay, so she's an overseer of this news publication. Now, mind you, remember I told y'all earlier that what uh, Rupert did with the news publication he had um, over there in Australia, he turned it in more to a tabloid kind of a thing. Okay, well, they went completely over the boundary of morality and respect for privacy. Okay, Um, when it came to this right here. All right. They were using tactics to hack people's phones and emails and stuff, right? So it's this dude named Colson, right? This dude named Colson was hacking people's shit. This is where it really got ugly. Now, mind you, they was already hacking people's stuff in order to sell, you know, have the best headlines and, and um, stories and letting all of that out, everything, right? Okay, like, let me just give y'all a little bit of history before I go super dark on what they did. Okay, remember, y'all know the story of Son of Sam, all right? Dude who rained havoc during that summer in New York City when New York City was in complete freaking chaos because they was damn near broke, okay? Like $13 million in debt type stuff, all right? So, uh, what Rupert's people did, okay? They was, like, dressing up as doctors and, um, like, doing, like, real sneaky stuff in order to get, like, this inside information to, you know, put it out there or whatever the case is, right? Oh, that was the other thing. Sex, war, crime, fear, anger. So everything that we, you know, that is super negative or whatever or, you know, considered negative, that's what he wanted to exploit, Rupert did, okay? That was his his blueprint, all right? So they tested the waters in one country, then they test they, they tested the waters again when it came to the Son of Sam thing or whatever. Then when he started doing broadcasting or whatnot, he tested the waters again with, like, you know, a current affair and stuff like that, okay? But with this story where Jason and Rebecca were in charge, okay, of this publication, there was a young girl, 13 years old, who was kidnapped and murdered. She was walking home from school. She got kidnapped. And she later got, her body was found. And what they learned was that the publication people had Colson hack into this girl's phone, the girl who went missing. And they were listening to the voice recordings, you know, the, the voicemail messages in her phone. And they used information to create publication and storylines for the public. And some of the some of those messages should have been given to the police, if not at least the information to the parents. And they did not do that. They kept it to themselves, and instead they used it to sell papers and make money. 
And they got into a whole bunch of trouble for that. To the point where the parents sued, um, what was it called? The acronym is now News of the World. I think that's what it was called, the publication. It's called News of the World. And um, they ended up closing the publication because they couldn't beat the scandal. So although they closed it out, they still couldn't escape the political backlash um, from that and the commercial backlash. And commercial backlash just meaning, you know, public opinion, right? So they had to deal with all of that. There was a trial. Um, One of the editors of the publication who was aware of what Colson was doing he was he was part of the interview in the docu-series, and he said that when he knew, when he found out the information that they had, he said he, it was a shoulda, coulda, woulda statement of what he should have done with that, and he takes full accountability that he didn't, and when they went to trial, he ended up doing six months, um, and then Coulson um ended up doing more i forget how much time he got but um rebecca was cleared of all of her charges and so i guess her attorneys like spun it to where you know like on some mark zuckerberg cambridge type shit like oh she didn't know anything about what they were doing. You know what I'm saying? So I guess her attorneys argued real good and she got off. And at the time when she was going through trial, she was fired from her position, right? But when the trial was over and she was cleared, Rupert put her right back in position. Like, that man is, some, is on some cold-hearted shit. The other part that was kind of disturbing, which was 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 sad about what he did, was he saved one point. I think it was was one hundred and six million dollars, or one point six million dollars. It might have been one point six million dollars. He saved one point six million dollars in salary because one of the publications that he bought, the he knew the union the union workers and the union was not going to go for the regu- the stipulations that he wanted to put in place. So the workers went on strike. When at the time in Britain, if workers went on strike, you could get fired. So the workers went on strike and he fired 6,000 employees. And one of the people who was interviewed said that a lot of those people never worked again in the industry. Um, and he saved that one, I, I think it was $1.6 million. I want to say it was that. It might have been 106. Either way, the money that he saved from firing them 6,000 employees and for, you know, saving his salary, he took that money to buy, to help buy 20th Century Fox. And the workers, okay, the union caved and gave in to Rupert's um, stipulations 
And, you know, he just did whatever he wanted to do after that. Like, this is a cold-hearted businessman. For real, though. So it kind of makes you ask the question, right? Like, to to build an empire, do you really got to be a complete asshole? And be that ruthless and cutthroat? And non-compassionate? You know what I'm saying? Because, but then do you give them somewhat of a human understanding past? Because he wasn't taught compassion. He wasn't taught morals. Like his own mom just threw him in a pool. You know what I mean? And this is why I like watching stuff like this. Because it make you like really, you really just got to think about it. Like, at the end of the day, we all human. And based on what we learn and experience, it, you know, it creates us. And it's not like he didn't know right from wrong, right? You know what I mean? Um... But yeah, that that the Murdochs. And if you haven't watched Succession on HBO, uh check that out. I believe there's like like three or four seasons. It's pretty fast paced. It's great dialogue. It's they got very shady moments. When the season comes back on this um next uh this coming up spring, I'm definitely gonna be reviewing it. So that is definitely gonna be on the list. Uh, so check that out if you want to catch up to it before spring hit. Um, but I, I have no doubt that there's not a similarity to it. And given the fact that the Murdoch family still has controversy and, um, based on what I just watched in this docuseries, Succession's got a lot more writing to do. And they're probably going to go ahead and do that. And if I, listen, hold on a second. Let me see something real quick. I didn't look this up because I didn't look this up. Uh, give me one second, y'all. Uh, and the man's still alive. So, that being said, the fact that the man, the man is 91, okay? The man is 91. Hey, this is some cold shit. That's cold. So, why I look it up on Google, it say Rupert Murdoch, biography and facts. Born March 11, 1931, age 91, Melbourne, Australia. Notable family members only mentions one son, James Murdoch. Mind you, <laughs> Rupert got, wait, got six kids. And they only mention one, James. And James is the one that fumbled the ball. James is also the one that, like, walked off. Oh, wait. The the riot that happened in January 6th last year? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, his, his prediction. His broadcast, the company, Fox News, helped with that shit, too. <laughs> like, bruh. Listen. Um, 
politics is politics. People going people be people in. Okay. Uh watching stuff like this reminds me of just how human people can be and how much um power when given um or taken, okay? How it can corrupt people and make them do some unsavory type stuff. Uh so I wouldn't say it, like humbled me, but it's definitely like a huge reminder. Um, watching that docu series. Now I definitely went over time because I know I started late. Um, but I definitely don't want to uh keep it past the two hour mark. So uh I didn't get a chance to go over the royalty shows that I watched, but that's okay. I will talk to y'all about those next week. Um, if you want to watch them to join me in the conversation next week about that, watch Outlaw slash King on Netflix. Watch uh, Blood Sex Royalty on Netflix. That's a three-part series about Anne Boylan from the Tudor Dynasty. Um, y'all know how much I love the Tudor Dynasty. <laughs> uh, and then... What was oh then there's the other one called uh The King. Um The King on Netflix. And that is the story about King Henry the Fifth. Okay. Um, which I thought was pre- <laughs> that was pretty good though. I ain't gonna hold you. Um, so yeah. And then I'm gonna um definitely review what Smokey Oki uh recommended, which was code eight. Um I'm gonna do that. And then I found some stuff on did find some more stuff on Hulu. Um, I don't know if Donnie in here. Um, <laughs> Cause she's like, you always watch stuff on Hulu. Um, <laughs> but I, I try to, I try to watch as much as I can. Um, but Hulu do got some good action thriller movies. I really, I like the action thriller movies over there. Um, and then there's a new action thriller movie with uh, Bruce Willis and that chick Lala from. Uh, Vanderpump Rules, and even my mama said that was a good movie, but I ain't gonna hold you, I don't know, I trust my mama judgment on movies and stuff, but you know what, I'm, I'm gonna I'm check it out though, I'm gonna check it out though, um, and then I'm gonna see what's going on with uh, Tulsa King on Amazon Prime, and see how many episodes I need to catch up on, see if that then picked up some country pace, and I did not, like I, I told Ron J this yesterday, shout out to him for suggesting to me about Peripheral on Amazon Prime, because I did finish it, and I said I was going to talk about it today, but uh, we ain't got that kind of time, so there's that, I'll talk about it next week, I'll rewatch the last episode and get a reminder and talk about it next week, but if you are into video games and, um, the the you know the cat and mouse and the chase and the the action pack stuff then watch peripheral because <laughs> it's kind, you know peripheral is kind of like watching inception but different but like video game form it's it's weird but it i like i like sci-fi action thrillers so there's that so uh i appreciate everybody who came through everybody who participated um and shout out to those who are going to hit the playback. 
shout out to those uh, who are listening to me on the other platforms. Thank you again so much for your support. Uh, if you have a suggestion, make sure you follow me on all social media platforms. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Fanbase, uh, TikTok. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of like all over the place. Just Google it. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so yeah, just just do that. And then uh, sign up my DM. Um, let me know what you're watching. And you can participate here on Stereo. Again, download the Stereo app on Android or iPhone. And uh, follow those who you heard me mention today in the voice clips or gave shout outs to. Make sure you follow them. Follow me, E. Reed, a.k.a. Melanie Seduction. I'm the one with the purple hair. And again, we do this every Tuesday. Binge and Rewind on Stereo, uh, presented to you by Readality Radio. And if you want to listen to Binge and Rewind with a little bit of music in between, and it's not always the same list, okay, that I talk about here on Stereo, sometimes it's a completely different list, okay? Um. Oh, shout out to Thotty Scotty. He said he's watching The Sopranos. Shout out to that. Um. I haven't watched The Sopranos in hell long. Hmm. Because hmm. I'm still mad at HBO about the last episode. But I don't know. I do. Sopranos was some badass shit, though. <laughs> that was dope. Hey, Stotty, after you finish watching Sopranos, make sure you check out the. um. There's a follow up. Uh, given the story of um the main character and his background and how he grew up uh so after you finish that check out the the prequel because that's pretty good i ain't gonna hold you it's pretty good feel like it could have been a series but they turned it into a movie but they should i feel like it should have been a series feel like we got cheated out of that uh but yeah um what else i was gonna say uh, oh, yeah. So if you want to listen to Binge Rewind, which might be a completely different list, I don't know until the day of on Thursday, because between Tuesday and Thursday, I might watch something completely different. Um, well, of course, I'm gonna watch something completely different. Duh. But uh, saying all that to say, uh, make sure you're checking me out on uh, Blog Talk Radio on the OG Radio Network. All right. Uh, just go to the blogtalk.com. Uh, and type in the search box on the website, OG Radio. Click on the icon that has the OG boombox on there that we all had back in the 80s. Yeah, that one. Um, click on that, hit the follow button, and check out not just me, but all the other shows that uh, are on there by the other podcasters. Shout out to Princeton Ellis, a.k.a. Mr. A.k.a. 38, okay, um, for uh, bringing us all together and doing something great and putting, letting us use our voices for what we love to do. Um, but with that being said, y'all, I'm going to get up out of here. Shout out to y'all. Um, make sure you take some time out for yourself to do something um, good for yourself. You know why? Because you deserve it. You know what I'm saying? And I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. And I'm going to get up out of here. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.